Thanks so much for joining us. 
We are so glad that you're online with us today, and I just want to let you know that we've been praying for you. We know this is crazy, but God's in control, and we're all battling fear in some way, shape, or form. And so as we get ready to jump into our service here in a few minutes, I just want to remind you that we have hope in the Lord, and we're battling against fear. So check out this video. Hey, Crossroads, thanks for joining us this weekend. I really hope that you guys are doing well, and I hope that you had a great time uh, celebrating with your family or your loved ones or whoever you're quarantined with over Easter. Um, I thought that I would just take this opportunity to lead this weekend from the studio where I got to record the start of uh, Worthy Is Your Name, the song that we got to introduce last Easter and uh, sing that. So... I'm going to be working on that this coming week, and I thought that um, I would just take this opportunity to lead from here and do something a little different and um, maybe a little bit more personal. And so I thought I would just uh, start off by reading um, the scripture on that day. They will say to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands grow limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves.
It's so good to be with you today. I just want to remind you that God is with us, that he is in control. He is sovereign, and that's the truth. As we continue to move in this season, I just want to say God is continuing to give us opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. And one of those is the, is the Crossroads Care Packages. You can continue to bring in non-perishable items, put them on the porch or in the lobby, and they go out every Friday. You can also go to the front page of our website and you can give online towards this opportunity and you can also see what items need to be brought in as well. So go to the front page of our website and check out Crossroads Care Packages. This is a great way to be involved during this time. Another way to be involved is through virtual life groups. Yes, virtual life groups. There are life groups that are meeting over Zoom or different video uh, conferencing apps. And what they do is they meet every week, they do Bible studies, they connect with each other and continue to build relationships. If this is something that you're interested in, Pop onto our website and you can check out virtual life groups and let us know and we'll be able to connect you into a life group. I also want to tell you that every single sermon and weekend uh, service is posted on our webpage. You can go to the front page of our website and click messages and you can scroll through and see past series that we've done and different sermons. And you can uh, share these with uh, people and you can also uh, re-watch them as, as, as you go about your day. 
And so I just want to let you know those are available on our website by clicking messages on the front page of our website. Lastly, I just want to say we are so thankful for you all. And as we continue to move about this season, let's continue to give. Let's be faithful to the Lord's mission to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. And so I just want to encourage you all to continue to give. You can give online or you can give through the mail or you can even give by dropping your tithe and offering off in the lobby at church. Guys, we love you and we're about to hop into the sermon. And I just want to say God's going to do a work in your life today. We're so grateful for you guys. We'll see you. Welcome to Crossroads. We're so glad that you could join us today. We are so thrilled to be able to gather. We are gathering online, and I'm going to say it like this. We are one church in many locations. We are literally in many locations, all over Pittsburgh, all over western Pennsylvania, all over the country for that matter. So thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you could be here. You know, I'm reminded that we're in the middle of a historic moment. This is one of the most historic moments that I've ever lived in my life and most likely for you. We're in the middle of a very scary word. We call it the quarantine. And so when you hear that word quarantine, quite often quarantine was a scary word that uh, I remember hearing when I was a kid. It was always uh, talked about when people had leprosy and you'd study in the Bible about somebody had leprosy. They would be under quarantine. And so they would have to uh, be, be put away, be alone for a period of time. And so uh, I want you to think about this today while we're under quarantine. I was reading up on the word quarantine, and I found a statement by Dr. Robert Lane. I believe he's a medical doctor associated with Liberty University. And he states this, that the word quarantine comes from the root word 40. And that's not an accident. You see, because it goes all the way back to biblical times. Some of you have just practiced Lent, and you gave up so many things uh, during Lent. That's a period of 40 days. It's a 40-day time of preparation, getting ready for Easter. Uh, Some people told me that they gave up way more than they ever imagined for Lent this year, right? Um, Quarantine. 
you look in the Old Testament, 40 was a, a, a term that was used for preparation. It was a time of preparing. When Jesus went, was here on earth, before he started his public ministry, he goes into the wilderness for 40 days. 40 days and 40 nights he's in the wilderness. And uh, during that 40 days and 40 nights, God prepares him for his ministry. So I want to ask you today, folks, we're under quarantine. And it's been roughly 40 days, and it sounds like it may go a little bit longer. But we know that quarantine is a temporary season. It's a temporary time. And let God work in your life. Like, what could God be talking to you during this quarantine? What could God be speaking to your heart What is God preparing you for for the future? I'm asking myself that for the church. What is God preparing our church and the church at large? What is he preparing us for? Because right now is a season of preparation. All great things are happening right now. Church, you are being the church, and I am so thankful for you. But I want you to know this, that this quarantine is temporary. God is preparing us for the work that he's called us to do. Um, As you think about that, today, let's jump in. We're going to jump into a series called Set Free. You know, when you've been set free, to be set free is really a joy. And, you know, when we come out of this quarantine, you're going to be set free. You're going to go back and you're going to experience some freedoms that you never thought you would uh, just go back to. You never realized how much you enjoyed them. I'm already planning. I'm looking. I'm saying, man, I can't wait for that first day the church will be open again. And there will be people in here with me as, as we share. I, I can't wait to, this summer to, to go to Kennywood Park. And, and I'm hoping that it, it will open. And that I'll go ride that steel curtain. And we'll just have a good time. But, but see what happens. When you've been set free, you are excited about your new freedom. You're excited about what, God's, what, what, what you have out there. And so in the Christian life, we're going to be talking about how that you've been set free. And during this time of quarantine, I want you to prepare your heart. Prepare your heart because God is setting us free to do something pretty big for him. There's something, uh, something great that he's going to call you to do. He's going to call me to do. What have you been set free to do? And we're going to look at the book of Galatians. Galatians was a, a, a really a powerful book written by the Apostle Paul. And we're going to go through step by step, verse by verse, the book of Galatians over the next few weeks. And we're just going to enjoy a time in the Word and seeing what the God set us free for. What, what, what is He setting you free to do? Galatians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The Apostle Paul, Paul an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised Him from the dead. First of all, the apostle sets forward and he tells them, he says, Now listen, I want you to understand, I am a, I'm an apostle, I'm not a church planner. I'm just one sent from God. And, and Paul, his mission was to go take the good news to the Gentile world. Paul was a Jew. He became a follower of Jesus Christ. And God says, I want you to take this message to the rest of the world. And so the apostle Paul, because Jesus came... Not just for the Jews. He was a Jew. He, he grew up in Israel. But that wasn't the, the extent of his mission. His mission was for all of mankind, for every human ever to live, to have a relationship with God. And Paul says that he has come by the authority of Jesus Christ 
the one who raised Jesus from the dead under God. And he says, and with the brothers, my brothers, all the brothers with me, all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. He says, listen, I'm writing to you, to the believers, to the churches in Galatia. It was, it was a geographical area. Paul had went out on his mission trips. Many people came to Christ in these areas. And he would go back and he would write them a letter to encourage them along the way. Verse 3, he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As he continues there, he says, Who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. He who gave himself, he says, Peace be unto you because who, who gave himself? Jesus gave himself to rescue us from the power uh, from this present evil, evil age. Last week, we talked about how that God has come to rescue you from your past, to rescue you from your present, and to rescue you from worrying about your future. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. He says, listen, I'm coming to you, and, and I'm excited about this. And he says, to God be the glory Forever and ever, amen. So he starts out with some really encouraging words, and then he goes right at it. You know, sometimes when you're writing a letter, you can, uh, you can wait around, you can say a few nice things, or you can get right at it. Well, the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians, he goes right at it. And he talks about something really strange here. Look here, verse 6. He says, I am astonished. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ, and are returning to a different gospel. Now, what is he talking about here, a different gospel? Why would he, why would, why would he be talking about a different gospel? Uh, he says, I'm so surprised. I'm overwhelmed. There, there, he has anxiety. He says, listen, you, Church of Galatia, you are giving me anxiety because you have so quickly, you have just walked away from the grace of Christ, and you are turning to a different gospel. And look what he says which is really no gospel at all. He says, listen, it really is not a gospel at all. You, you think that you're going to go back and you're going to follow into the ways of legalism. Now, let me give you a little background on what was happening here. The church that was newly established in Galatia, and the, the Jewish people, remember, Jesus came, he was a Jew first, and then it went to the rest of the world. Well, the new believers in Jerusalem, they were Jewish, and what happened was they would go out and they would spread this good news. And they came over to Galatia and they found that these people were following Christ, but they weren't doing the rituals that the Jewish people were doing. So they laid on them and they said, hey, listen, let's do, you've got to do these rituals. You've got to follow these festivals, you, even all the way up to being circumcised. They said, you've got to be circumcised. Now, now listen, for, for a Jewish person who grew up like that, on the eighth day, when, the, when a baby was born, on the eighth day, they would circumcise the little boys, right? And so here, you know, imagine them saying that to grown adults. Hey, if you want to really get close to God, uh, you're missing out. You've got to get uh, circumcised, you know? Could you imagine that new members class? Yeah, come to our church. You've got to do this, right? Listen, they were putting all kind of, uh, all kind of rules and regulations on the people that were not necessary. That was from the Judaizers. They would come over, and they were, their mission was to, to say it was Jesus plus all these rituals, all these base that they had known. 
And the message of Jesus, folks, was Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. You see, faith in Christ alone, what Jesus did. And so he says, the Apostle Paul says here, he says, I am so surprised that you went after a different gospel, that, uh, that you did it that quickly. Like, how could you just all of a sudden just jump in and go back and put on the handcuffs? Go back and say, yeah, well, I guess if we want to get closer to God, we've got to perform these things. Paul was astonished. He's filled with anxiety. And, folks, this brings to light a key question. You know, everybody has a choice to make. And these people were making a choice of how they would become godly. And that's a key question I want to ask you today. How am I going to become godly? Most people in our world, they will ask that question and they will tell you that they will try to be a better person. All religion has to deal with this. Like if you look at all the religions of the world, all the religions of the world deal with this and tell us that uh, how that you could get to God. Like you, you talk to people of different faiths, they will tell you, oh yeah, I, I have to do these rituals, I have to do this, I have to do that. The message of Jesus is not about religion, folks. I find that quite freeing right now, even in the middle of a quarantine. I find that quite freeing that I don't have to perform something that I have been set free. How am I going to become godly? Uh, all, all religions have a pathway to God, but God wants a relationship. He doesn't want you to build a pathway to Him. He wants you to see that He made the pathway. He came to you. Even in Christianity, folks, it's easy for us to slide back and go into a way of life that's about rules and regulations. And that's what Galatians was all about. These Judaizers were coming over, and they were suggesting that they had to mount up with all these other issues, and they had to do, 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 keep doing something more to gain God's approval. And, folks, Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin once for all, forever. Uh, you know what? All the way back to the account of creation. Uh, God creates Adam and Eve, and he puts them in the Garden of Eden. And check this out. Over in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, he says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. I'm about to show you here the, the, the decision to go God's way, to trust what God has said, or to figure it out on your own. This has been since the very first temptation. Check this out here. Okay, the next verse here, verse 9. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree, was the tree of life. So we see one tree is the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the second tree. Now, there's your choices, folks. The tree of life. Listen, all through the Bible, we see that God gives life. And how does he give life? It's through his way. And then there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, God had told them, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, verse Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. Now, check this out. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Folks, I want you to catch that because 
I think many people are going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil even to this day. Oh, no, not a literal tree like Adam and Eve went to. But for you, you're going, I think I can be better. I think I can do this. I, I think if I, just, if I just do this that I'll have favor with God. God is calling you to drink, to eat of the tree of life. Oh, my. Oh, my. Here's what happens. When we eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, look what it says. When you eat from it, you will certainly die. Look what happened here. Continuing on in the book of Genesis this morning. Um, He says here, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God has made. He said to the woman, Did you really say God must not eat from any tree of the garden? Like, like Satan comes along and his first, first stab at it, he says, look, does God really care about you? Did, did he say that you must not eat from that tree? Hmm. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. Now, God had, didn't say anything about touching it, but he did say not to eat it. And, and Eve is falling for the temptation. She says, well, he did say that we shouldn't eat of this tree that's in the middle, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for you will surely die. Look here. You will not certainly die. Uh, Satan right away goes and says, oh, not true, God. God's not true. What he said is not true. And so Eve gets it right away in the temptation. He says, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Do you see the godliness? He says that you will be like God. You will find your own way to God. You will know good and evil. You see, the devil did not appeal to her rebelliousness, to some gross sin but to her, uh, to her desire to be like God. I ask you today, what is your approach to God? What's your approach to being a godly person and, and, and to, to getting to God? You know, religions, as I said earlier, religions have told for hundreds of years how to get their own way to God. But God says there's only one way, and it's not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not by learning. It's not by knowledge. Continuing on, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then look what happens here in the next verse. Um, He says this, Then the eyes of both of them were opened And they realized they were naked. You know what happened? All of a sudden, we have right away, as soon as they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, innocence is lost. Shame comes into the world. 
And so today, I want to encourage you to think about this because every time we go and we make a decision to try and earn our way to God, to, to get the knowledge of good and evil, to live in the rules and the regulations, guess what it produces? It produces shame. It produces a loss of innocence. And this is what happened for Adam and Eve. They realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. Like when God came around, God said, uh, who told you that you were naked? Uh, see, what happened was they were trying to make their own way. They were, they were going about it and saying, it doesn't matter what God said. Uh, we're going to do what feels good, what feels right. And you know what, folks? This is what was happening in the church of Galatia. The Apostle Paul's writing to him, he says, I am so shocked. I cannot believe that you left grace and went back to try and earn your way. Like you went into legalism and you went into trying to perform and do a bunch of rules. Folks, that decision is upon us every day of our life today. And I want you to think about this because when you think of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or the tree of life, we have to make that decision every day. Will I trust the tree of life. Will I trust God, what he did for me on the cross, or am I going to try and figure this out on my own? Look here. Um, you can focus on what you do. That is one. Here you go, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Focus in on what you do. I talk to people all the time, and they'll tell me uh, the good that they're trying to do because in, in, inside of them they're trying to let their, their good outweigh their bad. And God says, listen, you'd have to be really good You'd have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, Jesus was the only one perfect. And he sent, Jesus went to the cross. He paid for your sin on the cross once forever. So if you focus on what you're doing, like I'm going to keep reading my Bible so that if I read more Bible, then maybe I won't get sick. If I read more of this, then maybe these things won't happen. That's not how God operates. Or you can focus in on this, the tree of life would be this, to focus in on what Jesus has done. You can look at what you can do or focus in on what Jesus has done. You know, you, you can just uh, become so consumed with knowledge and with trying to become a better person that you are you're really miserable inside. And, and listen, you will not gain favor with God by trying to go and do more. The finished work. Jesus didn't say on the cross, well, you know, that's half done. You've got to do the rest. No, Jesus said it is finished. What you do, focus in on what you do, or you can focus in on what Jesus has done. Look at what uh, John 5:39. He was teaching, and look what he says. He says, you study the Scriptures diligently. He's talking to the, to the religious leaders. Because you think that those Scriptures, in them you'll find eternal life, that you may have eternal life. And listen the Bible does tell us how to have eternal life. But what Jesus was saying here, you religious leaders, you've missed it. You're on a knowledge trip. You're on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you have missed it. Look what he continues here. He says, these are the very scriptures that testify about me. Jesus said, if you want eternal life, you've got to come to me, not to your religious knowledge. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me and to have life. Folks, there's that word. We see that word over and over. It's all through the Bible. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and they might have it to the full. 
Uh, one focuses on what you do. You, here's, the, here's the decision again. You can look on focusing on what you do. And people will tell me that over and over, uh, that they focus on what they do. And, and, and again, all their good outweighing their bad. Or you can focus in on what Jesus has done. Uh, one will focus in on getting God's approval. You know, think about this. Uh, when, you know, when I was a kid, I watched that movie, The Wizard of Oz, okay? Do you, do you remember The Wizard of Oz? And, and people were, were, were terrified of The Wizard of Oz. And, and Dorothy goes up to the wizard at the very end of the movie, and, and, you know, and the wizard's like, what do you want? And he's doing all this and, and, uh, and, and, and scared this poor little girl. And she goes, I just want to go home. I think many people are trying to get God's approval. And they think that he's this angry God. And they come to God and they say, God, and they think that God is saying, well, what do you want? And you say, I just want to go to heaven. And you think he says, well, go memorize the Bible. Go feed poor people. Go do all these things. Folks, it's not about getting God's approval because you already have it. He loves you. He died on the cross. So you can look at getting God's approval. Or you can focus on receiving God's love. Folks, that's the kind of God that we serve. God loves you. And He wants you just to receive His love. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates His own love for us in this. Like, Like God proved it. You don't have to prove your love to God. God proved His love to you. And He says, but God demonstrates His love for us that while we were still sinners, like while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. Folks, that's, that's what happens. Uh, the, the, the early church in Galatia, you know what they were doing? Uh, they were going back and the Judaizers said, go do this. Go earn approval with God because it feels somehow comfortable, right? Somehow I could put off the checklist. But you don't need that checklist, folks. Jesus died on the cross and he paid for your sin once for all forever. Uh, some uh, Another choice is this, that you can... Focus on external duty. You know, that's, uh, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil again. Focus on external duty. I have to do this. I have to, uh, I have to keep on doing this. Oh, I'm going to keep pushing through. Uh, and you'll hear people talk about all their duties. You'll hear people talk about all their issues. And, and, and like, woe is me. This life is so hard. It's so filled with duty. Or you can focus on internal desires. Uh, we want you to approach God and you have to come to God and not run away from him but you're not going to do it on your external duty it's going to come from within now check this out first John 5 3 this is the love of God in fact this is love for God to keep his commands his commands are not burdensome folks um If you're not in love with God right now, that statement just grabbed you. Listen, when I fell in love with my wife, I did crazy things. I lived in Dormont. She lived in Washington. We met right here at the church. We were just a young couple. And I'll tell you what, I was a young youth pastor, and I mean, I was head over heels for this girl. I am still head over heels for this girl. But I'll tell you what I did back then. I would get in the car. I would come here as a youth pastor work a full day, spend, you know, leave here at 6 o'clock in the evening, and I would drive out to her house, and we would have dinner, and I would spend every waking moment that I could. And then I would leave at midnight or 
whenever I had to get kicked out of there, right? I would, I would leave at the latest possible moment, and I would get in my car, and I would drive. So I, I left the church to her house was 30 minutes. I spent the whole evening there. Then I would get up, and I would drive all the way to my house down in Dormont, the opposite direction. It was about 45, sometimes 50-minute drive. And I'll tell you what, I did that because I loved her. It wasn't like, oh, this was a drudgery. It was just, wow, I was in love with her. I want to encourage you today to be in love with God because of this. Look here, what he says. 1 John 5:12. He who has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. He who has the Son. Listen, he gives life. I want to encourage you today to... Uh, to not try to earn your way, not be looking on external duty, not be looking for approval, not be looking for what you can do. But today, come and just trust Him. Fall in love with Jesus. And that's, it's just that simple. Jesus died on the cross. He has done it all. Uh, think about who He is and what He has done. You see, when you fall in love with somebody, you can't stop thinking about them. Again, back to my wife when we first started dating. Man, all I could do is think about her night and day. All I could do is think about the good things that she did. All I could think about was how she liked me and and her love for me. And that's what God wants you to do for Him. He wants you to understand who He is. He's not this angry God in the sky. He's a God filled with love and mercy and compassion for you. And He died on the cross and He paid for your sin John 14:15 says, "If you love me, you will obey what I've commanded me of you. You will obey." And again, listen, it's just like in a human relationship. If you love me, you will. You don't even think about command. Like my wife needs something from the grocery store. It's not a command. It's, "Wow, she asked me to do this." If you love God, Fall in love with him. And the way you do that, folks, is to focus in on who he is and what he has done. And he has loved you with an everlasting love. He's given you hope of eternal life. He has done it all for you. The second thing I want to encourage you to do today, to choose between the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and and the tree of life, number one is fall in love with Jesus, so we're choosing life. Number two is make no room for condemnation. Make no room. Uh, We talked a little bit about this last week, but folks, may I tell you, you condemn yourself probably more than anybody else. A God who loves you says this, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, there it is again, the tree of life, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. There's no condemnation. Make no room for condemnation in your life. If you're trying to earn it, you're trying to say Jesus plus. Like, remember, I said earlier, it's not Jesus plus anything. It's Jesus alone. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin once for all forever. And he says it is Jesus alone. So there's only one way you're going to get to him. It's through Jesus. And folks, do not allow yourself to fall under condemnation because your God is no longer condemning you. 
And lastly today, I want to encourage you to make the choice. We have to make the choice every day. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil or the tree of life. Which is it going to be? Am I going to go God's way? Proverbs says that there's a way that seems right unto a man. The end leads to destruction. You get to make this choice every day. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. This is so powerful. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. Boy, we have that. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. The church of Galatia, they had this. They had the, they had the, the life that God gave or they had the rules and the regulations from the Judaizers. He says, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Folks, I want to invite you today to choose life. I know that this is an extremely overwhelming time, but I want you to know today that God has come and He paid the price for you. He was buried once for all forever. He paid the price for your sin. So I want to invite you today to just simply trust Jesus. Trust that he died on the cross. Not Jesus plus, well, you know what? I'm going to be a good person, and if I help out little old ladies, and if I do this and I do that. No, no, no. Listen, when you trust Jesus, he's going to produce all that and more in your life. That's who our God is. The day I call heaven down, he says, I want you to choose life. And so today I want to ask you, maybe you've been following Christ for some time, but you've slipped into rules. You've slipped into trying to get God's approval. May I encourage you today to no longer go there? You don't have to go there anymore. I am so glad that I don't have to earn God's approval. Folks, I can't earn God's approval. One sin is all it takes to separate you from God. Jesus came and He paid the price. But I'll tell you this, that God who came changed my life, and I'm a changed person because of what He did on the cross. So I'm going to ask you today, in, in your living room right there, wherever you're at, would you pause and trust Jesus? Maybe you've heard this message all of your life, and you have known, and you've had good knowledge. Like, like you know all the catechisms. You know all, like you have great Bible knowledge. And may I share with you, there will be many people in heaven that, that will get there that know nothing about the Bible. And there will be many people in hell that know everything about the Bible. It's not about knowledge. God says, I want you to trust me that I died on the cross and I paid for your sin. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. They will be set free. Oh, folks, right there in your privacy of your own house, would you pray with me? Just pray something like this. Dear God, I'm a sinner I've done wrong things. And God, I don't want to trust in my own goodness anymore. I want to trust that you died on the cross. That you came back to life again for me. And I invite you into my life. Right here. Right now. And for others, maybe you've been following God for a long time, but you have slipped back. And you've gone back into the old ways. Oh, you're trying to do the religious thing. You're trying to be a better person. You're trying to turn over a new leaf. God says, listen, all those things aren't going to gain you favor with me. 
You already have all the favor that you'll ever need. I died on the cross. I paid for your sin. And all I want you to do is trust me. And I want you to walk by faith. The scriptures tell us to walk by faith in what he did. I want you to choose life today. Let me just close in prayer. God, we come before you and we thank you for all that you've done, Lord. You've been so good to us. You died on the cross and you paid for our sin. You came back to life again. God, I thank you for all those that just opened their heart to trust you right here, right now, God. And I pray that you will uh, inspire them as they seek to know you more. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us on Crossroads today. I want to encourage you to go to our website, hit the connection card, and just fill that out. If you pray to receive Christ today, please let us know on there. Uh, We want to rejoice with you. We are so thankful. We are praying for you. These names that come in as you fill out the connection card, we're lifting you up in prayer. Please reach out and touch touch base with us. We'd love to hear from you. And we are looking forward to what God is going to do. God bless you and have a great day. dark room in silence fuel imagination tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name the winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky I'm drifting off in the deep of the valley your presence surrounds me the crickets sing and trees ring and i want to let you know that a river water runs steady flow and it flows free it in control your hand leaves its evidence all on this earth as i lay here and ponder on all creation you made it all i'm just dreaming empty room, but my thoughts are gone, cause I'm in awe of your glory, I'm in awe of your glory.
from beginning to the end of days. Those words I've heard all my life, and its truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. 'Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of 